Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are discussing Warbreaker, chapters 27, 28, and 29, wherein Siri, when she fails to uh, find help elsewhere, goes to Lightsong for help, and I, you know, kind of gets some. Uh, Vivenna meets with Thame again, and then also some Forgers to advance her own sort of a plan. And then we get another Susabron Siri section where uh, they they have some some nice just conversation for the most part. And we end with a little bit of Vasher and actually some interesting information revealed there. So I'm Data and with me today is Joe, Jack, and Jamie. So hang on to something everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. To emerge and to breathe anew For a purpose so far from my own And this world I've awoken to Seems familiar but somehow unknown And the branches of gold on the skyline Reach out to the sweep of the stars The beginnings and endings of lifetimes A guidance of light from afar so yeah, still not maybe the action that some people were looking for, but uh, I I personally think these are some interesting chapters. What did you guys think of these three chapters this week? Well, yeah, you said it. I mean, all the action seemed to happen off page, and then we show up after the action. So, well, there it is. Vavena stuff was interesting. I I did as as much as I was looking forward to some action. I did like these chapters. I think especially the Vavena bits were a lot more interesting. And then we get Vasher Nightblood perspective for a very short amount of time, which was very interesting. We we hear some different names for some of these characters than we had heard before for Denth and uh and uh so that was yeah, that was good. And then we we have another character that is named that uh apparently forged Nightblood, so that that was cool. And so we've got some definitely some interesting information there. And the Siri Susabron stuff, I'll be honest, that's kind of boring to me. Siri Light Song stuff was good, but uh, I don't know, the kind of weird, like, gushy, I like you, you like me thing. I think it plays kind of strange in this scenario because of the situation they've both thrust into. It's like he's a god he believes he's a god because he's always been told he's a god and they worship him as a god and he's i, I don't know it just it feels kind of weird and icky but uh that's just my personal opinion so i'm not super like not super into that portion of it but overall i'd say these chapters were good if for nothing else than just getting some good information so sure yeah i I can I can see that perspective on Siri and Susabron. It's it's a weird relationship to be developing considering everything that's happened so far. Like you're yeah, not, not, not sure and, who you're rooting for. Right, and it's such a strange conversation to have. Like, oh well, how can you like or are you only different because you don't believe in me as a god? And like, you know, I don't know if I can. If you don't believe in me, I don't know if we can have any kind of relation. It's like that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> you, you, your significant other doesn't expect you to believe that they're a god? 
No, uh, she's pretty down to earth, and so am I. Pretty aware of who we are. When someone asks if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I guess. I mean, but that's that movie came out in 1984. Can we really trust it at this point? <laughs> I think the advice is still valuable all these years later. Yeah, well, I would say if another god asks if you're a god, then you say yes. Or if, like, some lower deity, like like a demigod, if a demigod asks if you're a god, say yes. Maybe that's where we should, like, draw the line. We were we, we visited, I don't know, some family for Christmas one year when I was in college. And after my, my plane landed back in town, I turn on my phone and I have a... A message from a friend a college friend and just said are you santa and i said yes period and texted back because why not like how else do you answer that question it's like uh yeah sure it, it turned out there was a specific reason she was asking that and i was not santa but it was just my no, default I, instant I just, no i just have this suit for special occasions <laughs> Oof, it's velour <laughs> yeah it's a red velour suit it would be yeah <laughs> i didn't get to shake my belly like a bowl full of jelly <laughs> one of my favorite friend scenes ever that one that is so good <laughs> it is a good one yeah these chapters were okay i still feel like we're just a bit spinning the wheels a bit although it was nice to for two of the main characters to actually interact for a change we've got siri and light song having a having a good old chat i was surprised when they brought up it's like oh yeah like larimar's really like really overweight i'm like wait is he i did not get that at all in the earlier chapters like my entire picture of him is just oh okay i need to rethink my mental image of what he looks like kiff my whole mental image of him is kiff <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna um, go back and see how it when, when we first meet him how he's described yeah yeah, it's, um, okay, so it says Larimar, his high priest, was a tall, portly man with spectacles and a calm demeanor. Okay, so portly, I picture a bit of a gut, not rotund. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just the way I read adjectives. <laughs> that's something I never thought I'd say. Um, yeah, if, uh, if the movie Orange County is to believe, portly is pretty large. Okay. Oh, well. But yeah, their conversation was really cool. It was nice to see them sort of getting the measure of each other, and we'll see where that spins off. Yeah, the stuff with Siri and Susabrom was a bit, okay, sure, they're doing this now, whatever. I can't say it really grabbed me, but I didn't dislike it. And then the stuff with Vivenna was kind, was kind of interesting. I'm just like, all right, we're seeing more of what they're doing. But then fucking out of, like, out of the dark comes Vasha with his, like, page or so at the end there and it's like oh okay you just drop a, a pretty big bomb on us there or at least i think it's a pretty big bomb regarding denth so that bit that's that stole the show from all the rest of the parts of these chapters when i got to that page and like oh fuck okay speaking <laughs> of rethinking things yep it, uh, it it shines some new light on some of the questions that we've had for sure yeah yeah in such a small little section I guess we've been asking for ages. It's like, we want more Vasha, damn it. We need to know more Vasha stuff. And then he comes, he just swans in with like less than a page almost and, and just goes, all right, here's your info to make you salivate. And like, oh, fuck. Yes, it does. <laughs> and then he's gone again, I presume. No, from now on, all Vasher chapters all the time. I, I, I don't promise that. I wanted to, oh, oh, I should make that clear. Vasha's just going to turn up every once in a while and just do a mic drop and walk away. 
that's just, <laughs> we're going to get to all these chapters of just like, okay, but Vasha, but Vasha. And then he'll go, oh, by the way, and then leave again. That's just <laughs> how the rest of this book is going to go. So that's my prediction. <laughs> just every few chapters. P.S. Vasha. <laughs> it could work. Oh, add that to the work. sign off. Like, Colo, P.S. Vasha. <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah, I like these chapters. We were hoping for some action. And even though we didn't get that, I don't feel I don't feel robbed of it. Love that Siri and Lightsong actually had a proper conversation with each other and obviously plans for them to kind of work together a little bit more, which definitely makes sense, you know, in the court of the gods. So that's that's cool. Hopefully she's gonna have another avenue now for information that might actually help her. Vivena and, and Vasha. Yeah, that's I think that that was a very good place to end those chapters. Just that one page, there was so much in there. That was very cool. And yeah, Siri and Susabron, I actually I actually quite liked their chapter. I thought it was it was nice for them to again have an actual conversation. And this conversation of, you know, I'm a god, I don't believe you're a god, probably would have happened if they were dating before they got married. I like that it's still happened now. You know, and I like that their relationship is actually developing. You know, it's maybe there's something at stake here. If it's like, oh, well, the God King's going to have to die. We still don't know what the threat really is yeah. here. So she doesn't, Siri doesn't really know what she's looking out for. But, you know, she she now has feelings for this, for, for Susabron. So and actually cares about him as a person. So that is better, I think, than just having a, oh, this is the God King and he's going to die and we don't really know him because he's this horrible, almighty God King that just, this is his job and off he goes. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually quite liked that chapter. Um, I thought it was pretty pretty well written and made you feel the feels as you needed to. I'm glad Jamie, at least, is with me on, like, the, the I, I like the way they're, kind of setting up this relationship a little bit so that it's better than, well, than nothing that we've kind of had. Now they can communicate with each other anyway. Yeah, that, that definitely helps things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like what you said about, like, how things would have gone if they dated first, and that just makes me imagine, like, they're they're setting up, like, an online dating profile on some some Cosmere uh, app. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, believers only, please. Yeah. <laughs> But also a really interesting thing, like this guy, he's just not even aware that there are other religions and stuff. And I think that's that's really cool. And I'm hoping that kind of ties in somewhere down the track as well. It probably won't. We will probably never get the answers to that. But it just it's something I hadn't thought of in this context. I also really love that, so. yes, he does have a way of communicating. He It really is writing things down in the, what is it, the God script or? The artisan script. script the God's yeah. Artisan script. So at least he does have a way to communicate, and it means that not everyone knows that script, so paper planes they can't all back. just read it. But, yes, that was where I was going with this, is paper planes is still a reality. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming back. Uh, yeah, like, no one tells him anything, so I guess he wouldn't know about other gods, and he's like, oh, oh you guys have gods too? Yeah, what do they look like? Or can I, can I meet them? And she has to be like, well, no, like our gods don't work that, or our God does not work that way. <laughs> it's just the concept of, just the concept of worshiping, worshiping someone you can't see or speak to or, or anything like that. It's like, yeah, it's fun. 
also they make it you can't talk to the god king you can't do like you can't look at him and the guy's like i just want to meet people it's just sad <laughs> i'm an outgoing personable guy why, why can't i just like hang out uh-huh. God yeah. King is single, question mark, and ready to mingle, exclamation mark. <laughs> I also really liked Believers how they talked only. about how he <laughs> I really liked how they talked about how he sees. So like everything is just colours and that mm. the series a bit different. Like because he because he has so much breath, I thought that was nice to have that kind of explained as well, because we we literally don't know anyone else who has that much breath. So Right makes sense that it would it would be enhanced but yep all sorts of interesting information yeah i mean like how he sees may not come into play much uh, in the plot as uh, you know who knows but it's uh it's interesting nonetheless it'll just help i think with the world building too and you just you end up building your picture and i don't know just kind of it 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 built this really like as you hear about vivenna talking about how she sees color and how that's changed for her and then to have these extra level it just it built a really pretty picture in my head and i was just like huh that's that's really cool for me it was vaguely reminiscent of how like inquisitors see with the except you know for them it's like all kind of all one color Mm. let's say we've got a repeat of that theme where the super powerful person sees things very differently yeah okay really powerful beings just need a good optometrist well, I mean, when you shove spikes through your eyes, then it can be a problem. You go to, you go to the eye doctor and like, there's, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> I don't think glasses are going to help here. Okay, let's let's get into these chapters. Let's do the thing with the thing in the thing. So chapter 27, we were with Siri, and she's like, something must happen to these previous god kings that makes blue fingers so worried. But what? And I like how she doesn't even know about the details of the treaty that caused her to be here. She's like, maybe the treaty just says the King of Idris had 20 years to provide a bride. Maybe that's why my dad could send me instead. It's like, damn, I really should have paid attention to those lessons. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, never expected to be here. So, right. That's true. But it's still kind of an important thing for her nation. Is this treaty? Yeah. It makes me think of uh, Final Fantasy seven, where you, he gets captured and she's like, I should have uh, paid more attention to these rope escape lesson, lessons, <laughs> you know, since I'm a ninja and stuff. And then Bluefingers seems to be avoiding her. She's like, I need more answers. The only person who's given me any answers is Bluefingers. And then when he sees her coming, he like basically runs out and like ducks through a doorway and disappears. I can't solve all your problems, damn it. He's avoiding her because of the warning and she wants more information about the warning. I was like, well, don't give her the warning then. Right? Yeah. You should have known what was going to happen here. No one is telling her anything else. So obviously she's going to come after you colors she swore you think you still think he isn't avoiding me and the servant's like well it wouldn't be proper for a servant of the palace to avoid the queen he must just not have seen you how convenient for him and so he's avoiding her and she's gone back to the palace library and she seems to have actually like tried reading there but it says the priests were disruptively distracting if she tried to read in the library itself and if she requested books from the city the priest insisted they be brought by a priest and then read to her so as not to strain her eyes. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm imagining priests being distracting in a library. It makes me think of that ridiculous game show that was in a library where they had to do all these challenges but not laugh. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. It was uh, it was pretty dumb. I, gotta look up. I think it was called Silent Library, maybe? That may... 
I searched for game show in a library, and the first one that came up was The Hustler, which did sort of take place in a library-type room in a mansion. But yeah, Silent Library was the name of the show. Modeled after Japanese game shows, so you know it's got to be good. This says. Sure. So yes. I wonder what they do. They're just like accidentally elbowing her in the head as they pass by. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All these books, I couldn't see you. That one guy just chews really loudly. It's like, Ahem, I'm going to practice my singing now. Or do you normally do that in the library? Yes. Yes, I do. And then Blushwaver's guy just started beating up everyone else. It was just, <laughs> it was really annoying. So Siri's basically like, yeah, they're trying to stop me from learning whatever it is that would be in these books. But I can't, I can't get books. I can't go to the priests and the scribes. What else can I do? And then she's like, wait, there is another source of information. What activities are going on in the courtyard today? And one of the, the women who serves her, she's like, oh, there's lots of stuff. Some artists doing sketches, some animal handlers with exotic creatures. I believe they have both elephants and zebras. Dye merchants showing off new color combinations. And, of course, the minstrels. And in, in the arena, there will be games, contests of physical prowess. And she's like, okay, good. Prepare a box. I'm going to attend that. And we get another little brief bit of information about uh, Idris, her homeland, where it's like, they didn't do they, they don't do contests because, you know, showing that you're better than other people. That's just putting yourself above other people. You're not supposed to do that. Oster gave all men talents, flaunting them with seen as arrogance. But Halandrin takes a different approach where uh, she comes out and there's just a bunch of sporting events going on. Guys throwing rocks, guys running, javelins, shooting arrows, leaping contests. And she's like, oh, geez, all these men are really uh, they're not wearing shirts. They've got basically just loincloths. This is uh, yeah, this is different. Just as Zeus intended. <laughs> yeah. there, there, there's an annotation where Brandon was like, I considered making them all doing these in the nude just to like mess with Siri. But it seemed like unnecessary. Yeah, it does seem point. a little unnecessary. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would really have been as Zeus had intended. Yep, exactly. It's true. Only uh, only leaves, leaf crowns around their heads. And so she's here because she remembers that there was a god to talk to her. And more gods have talked to her since then. But just like, hi, how's it going, basically? Like, no one's actually had a conversation with her, apparently. And so she doesn't remember which one it was. She's like, hey, well, who's that god who came to talk to me before? It's like, oh, Light Song the Bold, god of bravery. And so she finds him. Light Song has apparently come to watch the contests also. So that's lucky he was here. I think I missed before that his colors are basically gr- Gryffindor color. Yeah. <laughs> Gryffindor, Gryffindor house. I don't remember if we knew that. I, we knew red. I don't remember if we knew. Yeah, red. I think we do because they like there's one scene where it like talks about all the different like tents that were erected for each god and like mm. and it says all their colors maybe or maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. But yeah, very close to Gryffindor here. And so, yeah, she goes up to talk to Light Song. She's like, I trust your day has been pleasant. And he says, so far this day, I have discovered several disturbing and redefining elements of my soul, which are slowly restructuring the, the very nature of my existence. Other than that, it was uneventful. How about you? And then uh, she she's basically like, look, I still don't really know what's going on here. I was hoping you could answer some of my questions. And he's like, nope. And she, she's like, wait, well, I'm, what? I'm sorry. Did I, did I say something wrong? And he's like, oh, no, I just can't help you because I'm useless. Haven't you heard? Uh, I haven't, I'm afraid. You should pay better attention. Shame on you, he said, smiling. Ugh. Smilingly is an interesting choice of word. Right, yeah, I was just thinking that same thing. He said in a way that was smiley. I, I, yeah, that's a... <laughs> <I don't laughs> yeah, know. you know, old smiley light song. 
<laughs> and so it's funny because in his perspectives, we've seen that he wants to help the queen. But when she comes to talk to him, he like is immediately just His putting her off. spot off self. Yeah, exactly. And so it, she's just getting so irritated by his bullshit that she's like, you know what? I'm going to start being snarky also. It's like, I have heard your reputation. Uh, word useless is not what I heard. Uh, harmless, though I can see that's not true, for in speaking to you, my sense of reason has certainly been harmed. Not to mention my head, which is beginning to ache. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, both those common symptoms of dealing with me, I'm afraid. And she's like, well, I mean, you could just not talk to other people. I'm sure that uh, people would love you then. And he laughs. And he's like, man, I knew I liked you. <laughs> come on, come come sit up here. We'll have a talk. Talk to old Uncle Lightsong. I mean, he's like five years old, apparently, so that's probably not quite right. But uh, not in reality. I mean, he had a life before. It's true, but I mean, if you don't remember any of it, is it relevant? I mean, it. He could. He's still obviously older. Yeah. yeah okay, fair point. Uh, I guess we don't know how old he was when he died, so he could be really old. Yeah, he could be. And he tells her to like come sit sit up here with him, and she's like, I don't know if that would be proper. And he's like, Well, I'm a god. I define propriety. And she's like. Yeah, and even still. And uh, so she's like, I'm, I'm serious. I do need answers to my questions. And he's like, well, I was serious. I'm useless, mostly. But I'll try. I'll answer yours if you answer some of mine. If I don't know the answers to your questions, then make something up. I'll never know the difference. Unknowing ignorance is preferable to informed stupidity. I don't know that I agree. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Of course, do you ever agree with most of the stuff Light Song says? Maybe that's the real question. Yeah, I mean, I was really into Detective Light Song, but now he's back to his old tricks. And I'm just like, dude, <laughs> your bit's tired. Come on. I feel like this is a scene. I guess it couldn't come before his investigations, but I feel like this is a scene that should have come before his investigations because mm. I'm starting to like him. And now I'm like, uh, no, I don't care anymore. And yeah, he's way too waka waka. Yeah, it's just like he's like a character that's like, he knows he's tr trying to be funny, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's not he doesn't do it as well as Wayne did. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> but but who can honestly who can do it as well as Wayne? Brandon's gotten better at writing comedy, maybe, maybe or worse. <laughs> like she's like, what? Ha OK, so what happened to the previous God Kings? And he's like, well, they died. Don't look so surprised. It, it does happen. If you haven't noticed, we make laughable immortals. We keep forgetting that live forever part. And then she's like, OK, but how did they die? And he's like, well, I mean, gave away their breaths. Isn't that right, Scoot? And Light Song's high priest is like, it is your grace. His divine majesty, Sussebron the fourth. So I guess they're all just named Sussebron. Died to cure a pl the plague of Distrentia that struck Tutelier 50 years ago. Light Song's like, wait, wait, wait. Isn't that a disease of the bowels? Do you mean to tell me that our god king, the most holy and divine personage in our pantheon, died to cure a few tummy aches? Hey, man, dysentery is no joke. Yeah. And Larimar's like, well, I mean, I wouldn't put it exactly like that, but. And I like earlier, I kind of skipped over it, but like Siri thought that Larimar was like looking disapprovingly at her and she was kind of pissy about it. Like, who is this guy to, to be looking at me like that? And now she realizes, oh, no, he's like disapproving it. His God. OK, like he's he's giving me like apologetic looks now. <laughs> but that doesn't stop her from thinking of him as the overweight priest. I guess she, she she doesn't seem to have heard his actual name. She's just heard him referred to as Scoot. So, yeah, you know, overweight priest. That's as good as Scoot. Plus, she comes from a region where it's fairly poor and food seems to be fairly scarce. So people getting to that weight in general was it'd probably mm. be a foreign concept to her. Might be, yeah. And he's like, well, look, 
diarrhea may not be a great danger to most, but the elderly and the young can still get killed by it. And it, you know, spreads other diseases when you have this going on. Slow trade and stuff like that. So people in outlying villages went months without necessary supplies. Yeah, the whole thing sounds really shitty, am I right? Uh-huh. 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 And then like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually was helpful. How weird. And she's like, well, I mean, really, it was your priest who's actually useful. And I love, he's like, yeah, I've tried to corrupt him for years. Never seems to work. I can't even get him to acknowledge the theological paradox it causes when I try to tempt him to do evil. Which, oh, yeah, that's an interesting... <laughs> I hadn't thought of it from that uh, perspective before, but yeah, it's like you're God trying to get you to do evil. And she, she, talking to you is like swimming in a river. I keep getting pulled along with the current, and I'm never sure when I'll be able to take a breath. And I like that Laramar gets in on the little, uh, like the, the metaphor here. He's like, watch out for the rocks. They look rather insignificant, but are sharp edges on yeah. the surface. He gets in some jabs. And then Lights aren't just going with it. He's like, nah, it's the crocodiles you have to really watch out for. But what we find out from Laramar is that the previous god king had been married about a year and had a child born only weeks before he died. The god king before him died to heal the children of a village that had been attacked by bandits. The commoners love this story. And he'd been married for several years, but he died a month after his second child was born. Hershey's like, was the first one a daughter? And the priest's like, yeah, how did you know? And so both times, right after an heir was born, the god king gives up their lives for something or other that uh, seems unlikely to be a coincidence. And she does think to herself, like both of these could have just been propaganda, like something else might've killed them. And they just used healing a village and curing a plague as like the story that they put out. And I like Laramar's like, look, I'm not really an expert on this stuff. And if you keep asking light song, he might actually just start making things up. Scoot light song said indignantly. That's slanderous. Oh, and by the way, your zebra is on fire. Just... <laughs> Wait, is that what it says in yours? His, his zebra is on fire? That is what it says in mine. Is yours different? Oh, really? I, yeah, mine says my... your hat, which makes a lot more yeah. sense. Yeah, same. Interesting. Okay. I wonder if that was like a typo when he changed it. Could be. I wonder it's if originally... Well, my thought is this. Maybe because, you know, they talked about how like there's zebras and elephants and stuff, but that that's not what they were watching. They were watching athletic contests. So I wonder if originally he wrote it to where they were, like, betting on zebras and elephant races or something. Uh, okay, yeah. And then, like, he he put that in, your zebra's on fire, and then he forgot to take it out. Maybe ours is revised? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't, uh... Hmm. Yeah. Data actually let something huge slip just now. It's like the zebra thing. It's, like, actually a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 100% that that's the, the resolution of the whole story is the zebras show up. The shot of this planet is actually a, a zebra. Yeah. It's it's like when the, the elves show up in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's all coming together now. Yep, yep. When Do we all have... the shards convene, it's going to be all these humanoid-looking people and one zebra. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of the shard of uh, the planet while we're at it, anyone have any theories at this point in the story about shard or shards that might be hanging uh, around on this planet? Hell no. Breath. The vestiture with breath. Uh, I don't know. Will? Will uh, Riker? No. Got it. Uh, I think it's like this with all the colors and stuff and just some of the stuff left over from Lost Metal where they were talking about artistry and what have you? I feel like it's got to be someone artistic. Hmm. But I don't know. The, I don't know the right word yet. I'll see if I can come up with something. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
creation or something. I don't know. Hmm. Creativity. That's not a bad idea. The now nah, we, we don't need to get into hints. It's fine. <laughs> oh, gonna, just dangle that carrot. Well, I was, I was about to say something that might might have been a little hint. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there's no reason to do that. We'll just keep going. You, we get there. You, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, let's see. I could help them. Nah, I'm not gonna help them. But Laramar's suggestion is that she should try a professional storyteller. She can order one from the city, as you know, the same way they order any other entertainment. And the professional storyteller should know lots of the facts that she would want and be able to tell her all sorts of stories. And she's like, why can't the priest in our palace be this helpful? That's a great idea. Like She should just be like, I'm going to can I requisition Light Song's priest? He actually seems useful. <laughs> and she asks if Light Song would order in the storyteller for her so that you know it doesn't raise any questions with her asking for it. He's like, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I haven't heard a storyteller in a while. Just let me know when. And she's like, oh, great, thanks. And he's like, no, 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 wait. You're supposed to answer some of my questions now. Although he doesn't immediately say that. He tells her to wait, and then he takes a drink of his drink and uh, talks about ice and stuff. And she's like, why am I waiting? It's like, you promised to answer some of my questions. All oh, right, right, right. He wants to know about city watchmen. Did you know any city watchmen back home? She's like, yeah, I mean, a couple. Well, what were they like? And she tries to describe them. He's like, no, I mean, like, like what sort of stuff did they do? Were they inquisitive? Were there ever any, any murders in your village? She's like, I mean, yeah, a couple. My father always said things like that shouldn't happen in Idris, said that murder was a thing of, well, Holandrin. And my son's like, oh, yeah, man, we do that all the time. Quite the party <laughs> trick. Yeah, we love murdering down here. Did these policemen investigate the murders? Of course. Without having to be asked to, to do so? And she's like, yeah, it's their job. Why would they have to be asked? Will you please come investigate this murder for us? Eh, I don't really feel like it. I mean, you're describing Sherlock Holmes, so he's he's not a he's he's not a policeman. He's a freelancer. It's okay. I've I've been reading a bunch of uh, Agatha Christie the last few months, and I am I just started the final Hercule Poirot book. Ooh, very nice. And so he's uh, there's like 37 of his books or something, and so I'm on the last one now. And I didn't realize there was so many. That's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot. And they go all the way from, like, I think the first one's like 1920 or something, because it takes place just after the end of World War One, And the last one mm-hmm. is, like, in the 70s. And he was, in the first book, already described as, like, an old guy. He'd, he'd already retired <laughs> and stuff. And so now it's <laughs> 60 years later. Yeah. Uh, wait, how many books did you say there were? Um, I, I feel like it was 30, 35, some, 37, somewhere in there. 37 Snoogans. In a row? Yeah, that's really the only reason I wanted you to say it again, so that I could say <laughs> Snoogans. Fair enough. But yeah, he's also got some of that uh, where he's just like, yeah, you know, it, that, that, that murder sounds boring. I've got no interest in, in doing that one. Okay, sorry. Uh, back to... I like serious, like, I mean, I don't really know that much about how they investigated murders. I wasn't really involved. And he's like, no, of course not. Why, if you'd been a murderer, they would have done something terrible to you, yes? And he's like, oh, don't go take me so seriously. I gave up wondering if you were an assassin days ago. And then he says, uh, now, if your servants and mine will stay behind, I think I have something important to tell you. And he takes her off and he tells her, you know, you're playing a dangerous game, the court politics thing. And she's like, oh, so you pulled me aside to give me a warning? He's like, no, colors, no. If you haven't already figured out this is dangerous, then you're far too dense to appreciate a warning. I wanted to give you some advice about your persona. Choosing the persona of an innocent newcomer was a good instinct. It suits you, but you got to work on it, refine it. And she's like, I, it's not a persona. I'm 
this is actually me. And he's like, yeah, but that's the, that's the whole trick to politics. If you can't disguise who you are, then you use who you are, maybe add to it, but, uh, you know, use what you have to, to play the game. Take me as an example. I'm a useless fool, always have been, and I know that's how people think of me, so I play on it. And she says, oh, so it's like a lie? And he's like, no, 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 that's who I am. But I make sure that other people never forget it. And uh, she's like, you know what? You're, you're a decent guy. I knew it even when you were insulting me. You don't mean any harm. <laughs> you're okay in my book. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I don't know what it is about me that convinces people to trust me. I'd get rid of it if I could. It just makes people expect too much. And he tells her, it's like, I can feel that you're digging for something. The trick is don't make waves until you're ready to strike. Appear as non-threatening as possible, but not too non-threatening, actually, because people get su too suspicious if you're too innocent. So appear average, actually. Just as crafty as everyone else, maybe a little bit less, so that they all assume they can beat you when the time comes. And she's like, oh, that's kind of the Idrian philosophy, is don't stand out. Okay. And his, uh, his last piece of advice is don't depend on me. Like, seriously, I'm not going to be much help. And if, you know, if, if things come to a head... They start to go wrong. You're in danger. You're in trouble. Don't think of me because I will fail you. That I promise from my heart with absolute sincerity. Okay, bye then. And that's the end of that chapter. Peace. And so we cut to Vivenna for the next chapter. And she's meeting with that guy, the guy from uh, from Idris, who we met earlier. And he says that the meeting is set. We're going to meet with all the, the Idrians. Uh, I've got contacts all over the place. It'll be great. We'll have over 100 people there, all loyal to our king, I promise. And they're influential men, all of them. Well, for Idrians in Tutelir, that is. And according to Denth, being an influential Idrian in Tutelir means that you can provide cheap Idrian workers and sway the opinion of the underprivileged Idrian masses. So they have power by oppressing the minority they represent, basically. So probably not the best guys, but that's who she's meeting with. And she says, how many Idrians do you think there are in the city? And he says, perhaps as many as 10,000. And she's like, what, really? He says, yeah, there's trouble on the lower farms. It's hard sometimes living up in the mountains. Crops fail, and then what do you do? The king owns your land, so you can't sell. You need to pay the taxes. And she says, yeah, but you can petition in case of disaster. And he's like, well, yeah, but it takes weeks to go to the king and present a petition. And during that time, your loved ones are starving, so... You can do that, or you can take the shorter trip to Tutelir and make money on the docks or harvesting flowers on the plantations. And she thinks, yeah, and in doing so, betray your own people. But I can't judge. The fifth vision would define that as haughtiness. And she's like, Idrians shouldn't have to seek work for work in Helandrin, but that's the fault of our kingdom if that's the only way that they can survive is by leaving it. And she's like, my dad, you know, I, I hate to find fault with the way my dad does stuff, but... We don't have the most bureaucratically efficient kingdom. And then Thane leaves and we get a conversation with Denth about how she's starting to fit in in Halandrin a bit here. And she's like, well, I don't want to. He's like, well, you seem to be liking that juice. All right. And then he points out that Parlin, who's now wearing, in addition to his brightly colored hat, like a bright colored vest and stuff, it's like he knows what he's doing. He came here and got clothing that would let him fit in. And would you she's like, he looks stupid in those clothes. And he's like, well, I mean, would you think that he looks stupid if he went in the jungle and put on the fur of a beast or made a cloak that looked like fallen leaves? You're both fitting in here better than you used to. And she thinks, I mean, it's kind of all starting to feel natural. Even the raids are becoming surprisingly easy. And he's like, 
uh, you know, just a suggestion. You might want to try pants, trousers, because uh, you don't like the short Holandron skirts, but the only clothing that we can buy you that's modest enough for you are like these long skirts of foreign make that are expensive and make you stand out. Trousers are modest and cheap. And she's like, trousers are not modest. There, there, there's a debate. Pants or skirts, which one is more modest? Uh, you know, depends on how short the skirt is. It's true. He he points out that they don't show your knees. So I guess the Adrian skirts all show, or I mean, the Holandrian skirts all show your knees. It's not modesty, apparently, according to Vivenna. Kind of some loose fitting pants, and that would be all right. That's a good point. If 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 they're not like form fitting, then it seems like they would be pretty modest. Yeah, we should ask her. Uh, how does she feel about rompers? Or <laughs> you know, and. Uh, during this discussion about motivations and the people, what, what people are doing and why, he's like, every man is the hero of his own story, princess. Murderers don't believe they're to blame for what they do. Thieves think they deserve the money that they take. I think even Vasher sees himself as the hero. The truth is, most people who do what you'd call wrong do it for what they call the right reasons. Only mercenaries make sense. We do what we're paid to do, and that's it. In a way, we're the most honest men you'll ever meet. And Tonkfoss like, yeah, but you forgot to mention... In addition to honest, we're also clever and handsome. And Dent's like, well, that goes without saying, clearly. And like Vivenna's retort, I certainly hope you're not the most handsome men I'll ever meet. Are we ready to go? And then uh, Tonks, where's your monkey? Monkeys are boring anyway. Here we go. Another another pet lost. And it's just like, what happened to that poor monkey? And Dent is like, just get used to it. Of all the happy miracles in the universe, one of the greatest is that Tonks has never fathered a child. He'd probably lose it before the week was out. <laughs> And so they're off to their next meeting in the Didnir Garden, where they got a bunch of these statues that people like to dress up. And these, I think it says that these were actually like some of the first ones, a gift from Peace Giver the Blessed to commemorate the ending of the mini war. And this one was actually Vivenna's idea to get forgers to forge letters from some powerful pro-war priests to her father, basically like saying, you know, you have to give us what we want. Or we'll go to war with you. So it looks like instead of patriotic reasons, they're just trying to make themselves some money, which is not a terrible idea. These forgers are really careful where they, they kind of sit near them in the garden and then kind of have a discussion across this this aisle. And uh, like they're like, you're, you're the princess that everyone's talking about. And she says, yes. And he's like, good. Royalty always seems to know how to handle itself. And she even has some examples of the king's handwriting to uh, help them write a uh, a convincing forgery and also is going to provide like some uh, some stuff to help them forge the seal, which that seems to me like probably a bad idea to teach some forgers in Holandron how to forge documents from the king of Idris. But maybe that's just me. Nah, you're thinking into it too much. Means to an end. Lesser of two evils. Perhaps that's true. Yeah. Just uh, get the king to change his seal afterwards. Oh, that's true. She she, she could do that. And uh, there's uh, we see Parlin and Jules kind of chatting again. They were doing that earlier in the chapter. And Favena's a little bit jealous or something here. And she's like, you know, really, I should just send Parlin back. Denth, on the other hand, is like, I mean, he's good to keep around. It's nice to have uh, he's someone who's trustworthy and quick at adapting to situations. He's useful for that alone. And then uh, Dent, she says he's a fool. He has trouble understanding half of what's going on. And Dent is like, ah, we can't all be geniuses like you. What does that mean? It means you should learn to not let your hair change colors in public. 
She's like, ah, oh, crap. I used to be so good at controlling that. And he's like, don't worry. Jules has no interest in your friend, which we know may be true since she her interests lie elsewhere. It's still just uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah, I wonder how we would have read this differently if we didn't know. <laughs> that's, that's true. Maybe I shouldn't have told you guys about that. This would have been. I don't think it took away from anything. I think, if anything, it gave you a bit more understanding. But I wonder where our thought process would have been, like, is she into Tong Fa or, like, <laughs> what? Yeah, he Maybe just says, Basha. he says she has other ties, so stop worrying. So, yeah, you would have been like, oh, who's who's her other ties? Is she in love with Light Song? We never would have picked the zombie. Probably not, right? Uh, after that, she's kind of looking at the statues again. She's finding some beauty in the statues. They're not like other kinds of art that are all flashy and bright. And she's even thinking about, like, this breath that she has. And it's like, I mean, it, it is kind of cool the way that it lets me see these colors and sense life and hear changes in sound. It's it's evil, but it's also kind of wonderful. And so she even thinks for a moment about, like, the awakening thing. She's like, no, no, that would be too far. No awakening for me. And if I'm if, if I'm tempted too much further, then I'll just give it all away and become a drab. And that's 28. Go to 29, where we cut to Siri and Susabron, and he's like, tell me about mountains, because he's never been anywhere else. And so she's like, I, how do I how do I describe mountains? Jeez, okay. He's like, I think you, she, she says, I think that you'd probably find Idris boring. I mean, I liked it, but, and he's more boring than sitting in the same palace every day, not allowed to leave or speak, being dressed and pampered. And she's like, okay, fine, you win. And I like the thing where she's like, my tutors would laugh themselves silly if they knew how much I'd come to regret ignoring them. But she tries to describe the mountains and how beautiful they are. And they let you see the surface of the land as it, as it extends upwards towards Oster's domain. And he's like, wait, who's Oster? He's like, oh, I probably shouldn't talk about other gods, huh, in front of you. He's like, other gods? Like the ones in the court? And she says, no, no, Oster is like the Idrian god. Like, oh, I get it. Okay, is, is he handsome? She's like, no, you don't. The, no, he's not returned. Have your priest really never told you about other religions? He's full of just goes like, should we have this guy over? Like, what what does he like to eat? I'll get the cooks <laughs> to do something. He probably thinks it's more like that. That guy's probably trapped in a palace somewhere else and not allowed to leave. <laughs> probably. And he's like, wait, there's other religions? It's like, sure. I mean, not everyone worships the returned. Idrians like me worship Oster, the Pan Call, like Bluefingers. They actually, I don't know what they worship, but it's not you. And there's there's one there's a note on this in the annotations where it's like, if you're curious, it doesn't really come up in the book, but the pan call are nature worshippers who focus on the storms of the inner sea as a manifestation of their unity of five gods. They believe all returned are men who deny the power of the gods and are forbidden entrance into heaven, yet are otherwise just men and not sinners worthy of hell. So they're given a chance to come back to have another try at life to find belief this time around. So random bit of trivia about this other religion. And so Susabron's like, this is all weird. Like, if, if your gods aren't returned, then what are they? And she's like, no, not they, just one. You guys used to worship him here, too, uh, before Peacegiver arrived, and they decided to worship the returned instead. And he's like, well, have you met this Oster? And she's like, no, you can't see Oster. I know that must seem silly to you, but, like, that's that's how we do stuff. Plus, we've got the returned, including the first returned, Vo. He had five visions before he died, and they must have come from somewhere. So we've heard them talk about the five visions before. In fact, Vivenna just recently was like, the fifth vision would have said that this was haughtiness or whatever. 
and so we find out this is the five visions that they uh, that kind of dictate how they act in that religion come from the first returned. So the first returned is okay, but other returned are like abominations. No, I I, I don't think that they consider the return. We they talked about it before, where she's like, yeah, some people have returned even in Idris, and it's like they didn't consider them abominations. They they consider like giving them extra breath to keep them alive longer messed up, but it's like the the awakening stuff with mm. breath and also uh, lifeless. Simply returning is fine. You can return, you're just not a god. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that that makes sense, I guess, because it's like yeah. if you return, it's not like you took somebody's breath to return. Right. It's not like you made a choice, as far as anyone knows. Uh, I mean, according to the Halandrin religion, you did actually make a choice to come back, but they don't believe that, so, in Idris. Yeah, but then, like, the Halandrin stuff seems to revolve a lot around choice anyway, like, just people choosing to give their breath to the returned, so, makes sense they try and spin that into it, whereas Ost- whereas mm. Ostracism is just like, oh, man, Ricky just fucking got up and came back again for, like, a week, and then he died again. And so, uh, so Sabron's like, but you don't believe in worshipping the returned? And she's like, I haven't really decided yet. I mean, my people teach really strongly against it, but they just don't like Halandrin and stuff in general. And he's like, what, you don't like me? And she's like, no, I like you. You're sweet. And he he frowned. I don't think god kings are supposed to be sweet. <laughs> she's like, fine, you're terrible and mighty, awesome and deific and sweet. And he's like, I'd like to meet this Oster. And she's like, well, I'll introduce you to some monks. They should be able to help you with that. I feel like that's that's like somebody being like, Man, I want to I wanna get to know Jesus. And she's like, let me hook you up with some some preachers. They'll introduce you to Jesus right away. And uh, he's just like, you know, but even more than meeting with this God, I'd like to see these mountains. You seem to love them very much. And she starts thinking, she's like, I do. And she's she's Mrs. Home. But at the same time, she, you know, stuff here is kind of cool. And then he has a whole thing where he's like, I suspect the mountains are beautiful. However, I believe the most beautiful thing in them has already come down to me. And it's like, oh, you have the heart of a charmer. And that's where we get the discussion. That was a of, line. <laughs> yes, right? I'm like, man, that that line. There's no way you didn't know what you were doing there, man. <laughs> it's, it's so cheesy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this, we get the discussion of how he yeah. sees things differently here. Sorry, God. I, I, I think that's where this conversation took a turn for me. I'm like, okay, guy. Okay. You're like, dial it back a little bit, dude. But, uh, yeah, he's like, my mother taught me not to judge people based on looks. The travelers in my storybook must not judge the old ugly woman, for she might be a beautiful goddess inside. It's like like Beauty and the Beast, where the 11-year-old gets cursed for 10 years for uh, being a jerk. And so he says, you know, I don't see the same way other people do. All these colors, like, are so extreme in my eyes, basically. All people are wonderful. And so when I speak of beauty, I must speak of things other than these colors. And you are different. I do not know how to describe it. Siri is different, certainly from anything he's probably experienced. So I don't I don't fault him for having trouble uh, latching on to what it is about her that's different. And uh, then she's like, oh, geez, I'm suddenly aware of how close we are to each other and I'm not wearing very much. This could be dangerous because, you know, she's decided that uh, after the God King has an heir, the God King dies. So uh, moving in this direction may not be a good idea. And he's like, I wish I could let you go home to see your mountains again. Maybe I can explain this to the priests, which. I don't know how much they, act. you know, they act like what the God King says goes. So theoretically, if he was like, hey, 
let's send the queen home for a couple weeks to visit her family. Then they should be like, oh, yes, your majesty, whatever you say, your majesty. But how much would they act? Do they actually listen to the God King? We don't know because he's not doesn't really get to talk to them much. They're listening to the God King through. Is it Trelides? Yeah, Trelides is high priest. Yeah. yeah so what Trelides says goes mm. that messages would never get out. Probably not. I mean, I guess we, we, we don't know that for sure. We've seen that Trelides is claiming the God King has commanded things that were we have not seen him command. Like, he never said the books had to stay in the library as far as we know. He certainly didn't indicate that he'd said that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we don't know for a fact that Trelides never listens to the God King if the God King wanted him to do something. They get an, another note in, like, the Divine Script or whatever it is, and Trelides is just Neil Patrick Harris in unbearable weight and just goes, oh, throw that in the fucking trash. <laughs> oh, man, I was just... I was watching that the other day. Got it on DVD. Right movie. Yeah, it is. But why'd you buy it on physical media? I, I like to have things on physical media. They can't. Uh, they can't take that away. It's true. Yep. They also can't edit it. Right. I'm happy with them not day one patching my movies. <laughs> it seems so bizarre that they can patch movies now. Like in in their theatrical run, they can change scenes. Yeah. It's so strange. The 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 world. Uh, what what it has come to. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The world is a vampire. But they they taught him to use the artisan script, which it's tough, but they taught it this dim so he could communicate with them if he needed to. And we heard the artisan script referred to back towards the beginning of the book, where Light Song reads a poem composed in artisan script, which is basically just dots of color. And so it's like you may even have to be I'm not sure it, I don't think it's specified, but you may even have to be like a a, a uh, higher heightening to sense the differences between colors to correctly read it. I don't know. If the God King is like higher than everyone else with the, all his power, he could probably see even more definitions that the author didn't intend to put in there. That's true. It's so, like, he could be mistranslating everything. It's like, like, oh my God, this poem is such an epic work of the great thing. So the, uh, the author said that poem was about his cat. <laughs> not mutually exclusive. It could be an epic cat. This one was not. He lay on the windowsill. He spotted a bug. <laughs> that was it. And she's like, well, if you tell them you want to send me home, then they might figure out that you've been talking to me. And he's like, well, I mean, maybe that would be a good thing. And she says, they're planning to kill you. And he's like, you don't have any proof of that. You don't have a plan. Yeah. And she she, uh, she doesn't have any proof. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. She doesn't have proof. It's just this is a suspicious coincidence about the last two God Kings. And he's like, nah, you're just too untrusting. I keep telling you, the priests, my priests are good people, except for the part where they remove my tongue. And she's like, well, and the part where they keep you locked up and don't talk to you. And uh, look, even if they're not trying to kill you, then there's things they're not telling you. And she goes, how do you pass on your breaths? Because we know that from what we heard from the priests earlier, that these breaths have been passed on from God King to God King since the original trove or whatever that peace giver left of breaths. Right. So, or I guess we learned that from blue fingers, actually, as far as we know, you can only give your breath away by being like my breath to yours, blah, blah, blah. He can't do that. He doesn't have a tongue. So how do you, does the God King give their breaths to the next God King? And, uh, she, he's like, you know, I, I don't know. And she's like, is there some way they could take them from you and give them to your son? Could that kill you? And he's like, oh, they wouldn't do that. 
And she's like, but maybe that maybe that's what happens. Maybe that's why having a child is so dangerous to make a new God King kills you in the process. And he says, I am a God. I'm not given breaths. I'm born with them. And she's like, no, no. Blue fingers told me you've been collecting breaths for centuries. The God King gets to a week instead of one. So you build up a reserve. And he goes, well, actually, some weeks I get like three or four. And she says, but you only need one to survive. He's like, yeah. So they can't let all of those breaths just die with you. They have to give them to the next uh, the, the next God King. And he said, but the return can't use their breaths for awakening. So however many breaths I have, it's useless. And she goes, does that mean just the breath that you're born with? Or does that include ex- the extra breaths that you get on top of that? Which is a discussion that we've had where when we were told that the return can't awaken, it's like, if they get extra breaths, can they awaken things? And uh, the God King apparently has a lot of extra breaths. So this is a valid question. And he doesn't know the answer to her question. And she's like, that's why they removed your tongue, so that you can't access all of these thousands of extra breaths you have. Pretty awful. It is, right? I mean, assuming she's right. Yeah, that's messed up. It's like instead of teaching him to use the power responsibly and be good with it, they're just like, nah, it's too dangerous. Cut out his tongue. Don't let him use it. Then we don't have to worry about it. Mm. And also, like, I guess my question is, what are they building up to, right? So it's like if they're stacking all these extra breaths, and they could be used for some awakening power. Like, what? What is the purpose behind it? Where? Why? What do they want? What are they? What's the goal? Yeah, if they're not going to let him use it, then why collect all these extra ones? It's, apparently, they have to pay for them. They pay people every week to do this, and sometimes three or four people. So why? That's a great question. Maybe if he gets killed physically, then all the power just bursts out of him like a bomb. Maybe that's what they're going to do to Idris. They're just going to like get it, like put, have him in a plane and just throw him out on top of the capital. And then when he hits the ground, he just. <laughs> or I wonder if like the buildup is for some kind of heightening heretofore unknown. Like, you know, eventually if he gets enough breaths, he'll be at like this crazy transcendent heightening and he'll truly mm. be he'll truly be like a god. Yeah, I mean, we've been told the God Kings are like the only ones to re- reach the 10th heightening. So what happens if you get to the 11th heightening? Yeah, the 11th metal. It's all coming together now, <laughs> it's baby. All, yeah. We're going spinal tap. We're kicking this shit up to 11. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets kind of like down and she's like, what's wrong? Is it because I keep challenging the priest? And he's like, no. I mean, you have interesting theories. I think they're just guesses. You don't really know the priest's plan, but that doesn't bother me. It bothers me that you don't believe I'm a god. That's why you treat me different from everyone else, because you don't believe in my godhood. Is that the only reason I find you interesting? Yeah, I mean, literally maybe the first person he's ever communicated with in any way that doesn't believe that he's a god, so. <laughs> also, like, whoa, buddy, you need to figure that that out for yourself. Like, if you only find me interesting because I don't believe in you, I mean, come on. Right? And it's like, and if you don't believe, it makes me sad. Because a god is who I am and what I am. So if you don't believe, then that makes me think you don't understand me. And he's like, yeah, I sound petulant. I'm sorry. He's he is intelligent and actually not pretty well spoken, considering that this is the first time he gets to communicate with anyone in this language. Buddy, your job is not your personality. <laughs> Shouldn't be anyway. And she's like, I don't have to believe in you to understand you. Really, I'd say the people who worship you are the ones who don't understand you. They don't get to get to know who the real you. And she says, there's actually, there's, I'm not the only one, like, it's, I'm not different just because of that. There's other people in the palace, like Blue Fingers and the Serving Girls, the, the ones who wear brown, they don't believe in you. Not that way. 
And she's like, also, I, I, I've just never been good at listening. I didn't listen to my father or the monks back home. Maybe that's what you need, someone willing to look beyond your godhood and get to know you. That is comforting, he wrote, though it's very strange to be a god whose wife does not believe in him. She's like, oh, right, yeah, I'm your wife. That's hard to remember sometimes. I should think it would do every man good to have a wife who isn't in awe of him and everyone as as in awe of him as everyone else is. Somebody has to. And everybody it. applauds. Yeah, yeah. It's like all, all the women clap. Somebody has to keep you humble. And he's like, I think humility is somewhat opposed to uh, the opposite of godhood, like sweetness. That's when we cut out there. Yeah. Hey, you're doing it wrong. Finn was a humble god for like a minute. Finn was a vengeful god. Yeah. Yeah, she really sure. was. Nobody's really worshipping her, though. They worship Kelsier later on, and I'm not sure he's the best god. Says he's a humble god. Yeah, it doesn't stop him from, like, you know, manipulating wax pretty horrifically, because it was what needed to be done. True. We cut back to Vivenna, who is back in the Didanir Garden, and now there's four dead guys. Dent had brought her here after she asked to show, like, uh, what happened here. These guys were killed... By Nightblood, it appears, because she can see the difference in the wounds. And he's like, yeah, you see it? This is what he does. This is why we're worried. And so she says that the wounds have a black tinge to them, like they've been infected with some terrible disease. And she's like, well, who were they? And he says, some thieves that we worked with. She's like, you think he might come for us? And Den says, I don't know. He could probably find us if he wanted to. I don't know. Jules and Claude are on alert. None of us see him anywhere. And she's like, what happened to, like, their skin? And Dent says, that is his sword. We have to find a way to deal with it. We're going to end up crossing him eventually. I can feel it. So we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do. And Vivenna's like, what's this? How does it, how was the sword? How could it possibly do that? And kind of ignoring the question, Tonkfa's like, we got to steal the sword. And Dent's like, I'm not touching that shit. No, no, no. We have to make him use it, draw it. He won't be able to keep it out for long. And after that, we can take him easily. So that's an interesting little bit all by himself all by itself where he's like if he draws the sword he won't be able to keep it out for long and after that we'll be able to take him easily so what does that mean that's what happened to the dude in the palace wasn't it? he drew like he drew the sword part way and then he went down like a like a ton of bricks and his hand was decolored yeah so like it sucks maybe breaths out of you as you use it so it's like if you don't want to lose all your breaths you gotta like not use it or at least it sucks the color out of you yeah definitely definitely discolored his hand i don't i don't think i don't think it was the sword that brought him down he started to unsheath the sword and vasher like punched him but yeah either way it's sucking color off of you that's no good maybe that's why he lived like he pulled the sword out and then vasher punched him and then that's like he didn't have it long enough for it to kill him maybe and jules is like he beat our steel and den says he did not beat our steel not in a duel at least vasher used a trick ambush accomplices something he's vasher is no duelist so, I mean, we haven't seen Vasher really sword fight. Maybe Dent is right. Maybe he's not that good with a sword. Dent seems to know something about him, at least. So, And Vivenna can feel somebody watching her, somebody with a lot of breaths. She doesn't seem to say anything about it, but that's when we cut to Vasher and Nightblood. And Nightblood's like, hey, it's Vera Trelides. So maybe Dent is related to Trelides? I don't know. Yeah, that's like, a, okay, we need to talk about that because... The fuck does that is Vara just the first name? Is Denth just Trelides going out among the common people? Because all the people, like, you know, the only perspective character who's met Trelides in the palace is Siri. Mm-hmm. She's never met Denth. 
And Vivenna's never met Trilides in the palace, so, like, like, for all we know, it's the same dude. And Vara is just, like, a title or something, or a first name. Maybe Vera, Vera Trilides is, like, son of Trilides. Maybe he's Trilides' son. Exactly where okay. I was going to go with it, yep. My first thought was actually, like, father of Trilides, but I'm like, well, they can't, they couldn't name you that when you were born. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> and Nightblood's like, we should go talk to him. He'll be happy to see me. And uh, Vasher's, Vasher confirms that Veratrelides and Denth, same person. Denth is a more recent name, apparently. And he's he's with his, his team. That woman Jules, Tonkfa, as always. The Clueless Princess and the Abomination. So apparently he considers Lifeless to be an abomination on some level as well. <laughs> is it called that? Or he he clearly knew R-Steel. Is he just considered the fact that it's R-Steel to be an abomination? Oh, that might be it, yeah. And he calls Vivenna the Clueless Princess, which is funny. And Nightblood's like, is Shashara here? We need to go see her. She'll be worried about what happened to me. We killed Shashara long ago, Nightblood. Just like we killed Arsteel. Just like we'll eventually kill Denth. <laughs> As usual, Nightblood refused to acknowledge Shashara's death. She made me, you know. Made me to destroy things that were evil. I'm rather good at it. I think she'll be, she'd will be she be proud of me. We should go talk to her. Show her how well I do my job. This is so, weird. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, that's it, we're getting all sorts of information here. Someone yeah. named Shashara made Nightblood, made him to destroy things that were evil. And mm-hmm. uh, Vasher says that Vasher says we killed Shashara. So Nightblood and Vasher together killed Shashara. But for some reason, the sword, which I, I know the sword's kind of weird and funny, like doesn't have a good brain for remembering things like, but it's mm. weird. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't remember this. Shashara said, I'm going to act like you didn't say that. Yeah, he just uh, won't can't can't accept that his maker is dead apparently, or it. I don't think night does, does, is Nightblood gendered in this book. I don't recall. Uh, yeah, oh, yes. it, yep. yeah. It says Nightblood asked excitement in his nebulous voice. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's a sword. I don't. It doesn't necessarily need a gender, but no. And Vasher agrees. You are good at it. Too good. And Nightblood began to hum quietly, pleased at the perceived praise. And Vasher staring at the princess, thinking because of her, so many things were falling apart. Plans toppling like badly stacked boxes, creating a racket with their collapse. Didn't know where Denth had found her or how he kept control of her. But Vasher was sorely tempted to jump down and let Nightblood take her. Which, that's, that that wouldn't be good. Unless we've decided we don't like Vivenna, that's, that's messed up. I don't like Vivenna. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And he thinks, no, I've already drawn too much attention tonight. Nightblood's right. I'm not good at sneaking. Yeah, it's weird to me that he kill, ra- killed these guys, especially off page. It's like, even if they worked with Denth, like, what was his real motive for killing them? You know, like, was it purely because they worked with Denth or because for some other br- unknown reason? Yeah, I mean, for all we know, it could have been a coincidence that they worked with the Denth. But yeah, who knows? Maybe Denth's other associates need to watch out for themselves. And so he thinks... Later, turning from the silly girl and her mercenary entourage later. And that's the end of our chapters. So, yeah, like uh, the Vasher section is kind of heavily loaded with interesting tidbits, as we discussed sort of at the beginning of the, the episode. So a uh, lot lots to take in there. But uh, at least we got to see Vasher again. You guys were, were getting to wonder what, what he was up to. Apparently killing random people in the statue garden is what he's been up to. So let's let's do predicaments. What do you guys think? Where are we going? What's going to happen next? Gosh, I don't even remember what I talked about last time, honestly. So I'm just going to say that 
Vasher, I think, will eventually come face to face with Denth and there'll be some kind of fight. I just like I can't pin down what Vasher's motive is. It's like he doesn't want Vavena to screw up the war. Why does he want the war? Does he want the war? What otherwise what is she screwing up that he doesn't that he doesn't like? And then we've got this new information about Denth, but what does it really mean? Does it matter? Veratrelides, yeah, is he related to the high priest? Is he not? I'm gonna go ahead and say that Trelides is like a is like a com maybe it's a common name. Or maybe it's not even his name, maybe it's his title. Like every so, other person is called Trelides, we just don't know it yet. Right. Either that or like Trelides is a title and um and he just has the title. Because, you know, that one that one guy's name is Blue Fingers. That's obviously not his name. No. Um yeah. so maybe Trelides is a title, maybe Denth was a priest at one time. I don't think they're the same person. That doesn't it doesn't seem like somebody in the priest trilogy station would be able to go back and forth through the city like that without people noticing because obviously he has lots of things he has to do and so I don't know that it's I don't think that it's the same guy but maybe it maybe it was his title at one point this person that made Nightblood I I don't know how they did it but the way that Nightblood said like he was created for a singular purpose to destroy evil. It makes me think maybe he's an awakened blade and somehow the awakened blade is so awakened that it's like now has a personality of some sort and like the command was to destroy evil, but much like Robot Santa in Futurama, <laughs> it it has trouble actually differentiating between evil and good because it's not like a real person. So maybe that's you know everybody's evil in his eyes in his in his sword eyes everybody's equally punishable so uh that's kind of where i'm feeling on nightblood with that what else do i have i don't know i really i just i wish there was more vasher he's he seems like the most interesting person in the book so maybe that's because he's so mysterious you know he's a sexy drifter much like hoyd so i uh i just gotta i gotta know more about him i don't know he seems to be a very scruffy drifter, to be fair. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's not sexy. He's like <laughs> start of the say, trilogy Aragorn. Right, right. I didn't say Hoyd was sexy because he's uh, he's sleek looking. He's just sexy drifter. Okay. I, I like this idea that it's just like a super extra awake awakening. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, know how, how it works. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Don't ask me the 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 breakdown of how it works because I have no idea, but. Uh, it's a fun idea anyway yeah yeah i mean what other magic in this world that we've come across could have created such a thing it has to be some kind of like awakening thing that is the magic that they use yeah pretty exclusively yep. they use the breaths to awaken so and then, or then you, you know just see really good or hear really good or smell really good or whatever other other than that you have color changing hair and uh that may be the only other magic we've seen yeah, which that's still confusing to me, too, that it's like in the annotations, he says that, no, no, it really is the lineage. I'm like, well, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I just like the the idea of um, like once you were describing Nightblood as like Robot Santa, it's like, oh, my God, is Nightblood voiced by John Goodman? Yeah, that, or, that would not have been the voice I thought of. No, only in one episode, because then after that, it was John DiMaggio. Yeah, but it's John Goodman. Let's, Sorry, let's, let's let's just fantasize for a moment and imagine let's, that. So let's, let's fantasize. That's my fantasy, John Goodman, as as Nightblood. <laughs> what a fantasy! 
curious now if there's a, like what what the the thinking is out there in the fandom about who would voice Nightblood. Let's see what people are saying. Uh, Nolan North. Yeah, that 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 might be a little, eh. little obvious. Yeah, he's already voiced so many things. Do we really need to give him one more thing to voice? <laughs> Someone someone's like something like a Ryan Reynolds style. I guess I could see that. Yeah, I guess. This person says, childish adult makes me immediately jump to Charlie Day. Oh, please, Nar. <laughs> that would be way weird. <laughs> He's just like, Vasher, we gotta get out of here. They're going crazy, Vasher. Claptrap. Uh, I don't know. Somebody, uh, maybe, maybe like a kid's voice, like a, like a young boy's voice. That might, that might make more sense. Gilbert might be a little Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried is dead, <laughs> but that, that, yeah. that would be the choice. Yeah, <laughs> that would be uh yeah no. Healthy grammar that could be interesting. I don't know. I don't feel like he can pull off the I want to kill a bunch as well. Sideshow uh, Bob. Wait. <laughs> yeah, but then he's just doing sideshow Bob. No, I got it. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Look, it's oh Baratelli. We should go talk to him. He'll be happy to see me. Yeah, I love that. Sashara, yes, she uh, she made me, you know, to destroy evil. That's uh, what I do. She'd be so happy to see me. We should go. See <laughs> she's uh, she's dead. We killed her. Uh, she. We should see her. Taiko Waititi. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm. Do, do do like a serious New Zealand accent on on yeah. Nightblood. It's like, hey man, we should go uh, see Sashara. She'd be happy. To- I can't do it. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit burnt out on Taika the actor. I'm still fine with Taika the director, but the Taika the actor I can take or leave at this point. Yeah, Pink you know what show he does that I actually recently discovered that I like is uh, what we do in the shadows. It's pretty good. Oh, I haven't seen the show, but I've seen the movie it's based on. That was one of his first movies. It was really good. Yeah, I wanted to watch the show, but I I was like I, I should do the movie first, and I haven't actually done the movie yet to start watching. The mm. show. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk can can voice anything. I'm okay with. Oh that. yeah, yep. Alan Alan Tudyk is always a solid choice. Sure. K two O K two S O. You know. Ralph Wiggum. This person says I always hear Ralph Wiggum's voice. That's <laughs> that's a choice. That is a choice. Yeah. Uh. They make a Nightblood pendant, which. Uh, Nightblood pendant. Sounds spooky. It Jeff looks Goldblum. cool. Not not really what I would. Ooh, Jeff Goldblum. That would be. That would be a thing. <laughs> that would be a thing. I don't know if <laughs> that it would, would be, be the thing. thing. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum is always a thing. That's just... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, I wonder what he was born if his mom was like, you're going to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show you guys what Nightblood looks like. Here we go. Paste into the chat. Ooh. All right. Let's, uh, let's see what this is going to be like. Old Nightbloody. Yep, that's a sword. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Sure is a sword. You know, Very if, I was, uh, <laughs> if, I was, if I was cooler, it might be interesting. Okay, sorry. We we got way off on a tangent there. Um, who, who's, whose turn is it to do the predicament? Mine. Should okay. be Dak, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't really know. Like I said, like that last little thing, especially the Vara Trellides thing, just sort of blew my mind. It's like, oh, this puts a whole new spin on it, because if... He is related to or connected to the Trelodies that we know in some way. Like, are they secretly working together? Trelodies controls the the palace, and Vara Trelodies controls the underworld. 
and controls the rebellion is like are they trying to manipulate towards the war on both sides of things oh. um so yeah i feel i where i'm going is i think denth and the other trilogies are in cahoots and they're tr- and they're trying to like they're, they're they're the two big villains from each side of the story like one in the palace and one in the and one in the sh- and one in the underworld so I don't know. Maybe they'll combine some sort of mecha trilogies at the end. Um, <laughs> mecha Shiva. Yeah. I mean, they can manipulate objects around them, so maybe they could just like Megazord into something with various awakened objects. Yeah. Ooh. The guitar uh, guitar riff comes in. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go go um, trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yes let's make that happen but yeah so i got i got really stuck on that and it's like okay so these guys have got to be teamed up and they're trying to make the war happen and uh, it'll finally come down when they're cornered together i like that it it, it just it's begging for some sort of explanation of uh yeah these names are too similar to be a coincidence that that fucking carrot got dangled yep they're they're secretly brothers or cousins or yeah unless like 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 Joe said, trilogies is the title, and Vara could mean grand trilogies. Mm. We 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 assume that Vasher is impossibly old. Maybe Denth is as well, and so he's like he's the Uber priest, the Vara trilogies. Oh. So, so he's, he's been around he's been around for ages and ages as well. So he's like the the priest of priests. Yeah, it could be. We yeah, I mean Denth some Denth and Vash, 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 Vasher know each other somehow. And uh, clearly, they, they've got a long history, so who knows exactly how yeah. long? That's a good point. And Denth clearly knows what Nightblood can do. So, well, yeah, I mean, based on what Nightblood is saying, he's like, "Hey, let's go talk to him. He'd be happy to see me." So clearly, they know each other. Yeah, yeah, but like, not not just they know each other, but like, Denth knows what happens when you pull Nightblood out of the sheath. Oh yeah, so, yeah, that's a good point. So he's 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 seen him in action. Uh, he's fought either with or against him in the past. Like he, like yeah, he knows. Hmm. Maybe, maybe Trelides is is the last name, and the two of them are married. Yeah, why not? I was gonna go with that. They're that they're brothers. They're twins, yeah. almost twins or something. Ooh. They've been separated to I don't know, wreak havoc everywhere, spread it all out. <laughs> that was just off the cuff. Um, <laughs> so. I think, yeah, I don't see what the purpose of having the same name in there twice is for them to not be linked. So there's some kind of linkage there. We know going back onto kind of series thoughts about, you know, they, they cut your tongue out so you can't awaken anything. You can't you can't do anything. If you can't speak or give the command, you can't give your breath away. Mm-hmm. What if Nightblood is the tool that they use to take all the breath off the gods? When they die, and so if if Trelides and Vara Trelides have got some kind of linkage there, perhaps this is how they know what Nightblood does firsthand, because then that's a way for you to take the breath away forcibly. You know, everyone else has to give the command, but you wouldn't want that out. And if it's leaching, uh, leaching the color, leaching the breath, like Vivenna says that, like the blood's been drained away. It's literally the colors being drained away. So yeah, just by touching Nightblood, it's kind of like this this black hole of breath collection. Maybe it's got more breath than anyone else, even the gods or God. The Return don't really have a lot, but hmm. yeah, it could be could be onto something. Maybe maybe 
maybe the the priests and stuff aren't the ones that are trying to take it away. Maybe maybe I mean Vash has got night blood at this time, but maybe it hasn't always been Vasha, but maybe Nightblood does somehow get to the palace and the thought of, well, if anyone figured out that Nightblood had already been in the court of the gods, that would be pretty terrifying, getting closer and closer. That's an interesting point, yeah. I mean, if if they know about Nightblood, then that would be scary to find out if it was hanging around, if it's that serious. Uh, hmm. Keep the god locked away or keep god locked away. He can't, yes, he can't give away the command, but he also can't. He's not allowed out. He's not allowed to do anything. You minimize your you minimize your interaction with the public. Yeah. Very very difficult for anyone to get night blood into you. <laughs> can't stab what you can't see. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Yeah, and I think I think there was an earlier theory that it was like night blood is would could kill the the god king or something like that, and maybe it was maybe Vasher shown up every once in a while to do this. He. You're right that we don't know how long Vasher has had it or who had it before. We know that apparently Shashara created Nightblood, and Vasher says that they killed Shashara long ago, however, however long ago, however long long ago is. But yeah, we don't know more specifics than that, so who knows? Hmm. Maybe Shashara is. I don't know how it would work for the previous God King. Maybe Shashara is the uh, the daughter, the one that got overlooked. <laughs> And then the the second born is the is the male, so becomes the god king. Maybe Shashara is the first born. That's an interesting point too, because yeah, I mean we we learned that yeah there was a daughter that uh, I guess doesn't get to inherit because she wasn't magical or whatever. Mm. So even if it wasn't that one, if that happens whenever a daughter is born first, then that uh, you know fifty percent chance that happens every time. Yep. I like this. This is these. The, the, these have all got some potential. You got some, You guys had some interesting stuff this time. Okay. Let me see. So for next time, we are reading chap, three more chapters, 30, 31, and 32. I was going to say we're pretty consistent, except we're not, because after that it'll be four, and then it'll be six, and then it'll be – so, yeah, we're – no consistency. I won't say that. It's not in the lunch, eh? I mean, yeah. Hold on. Let, let, let's take a look here. After next week, he goes four, and then six, and then five, and then four, and then four, and then the last one is three chapters in an epilogue. So, actually, towards the end, it gets kind of a little bit consistent again. How far are we here? We are we are 44%. So, we're almost halfway. Wait, is that is that right? I thought we already hit halfway at some point. Yeah, you said last week we hadn't hit halfway, and I was surprised. But then looking at the book this morning, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure we're past halfway. Yeah, I think so. See, uh, I don't know if my edition has a bunch more stuff at the end, but since I'm on the Kindle app, it says we're only forty something percent. Last week we were thirty something percent. Hmm. We were we were, we were more than fifty percent of the way through, like chapter wise, or are we? Hold on, hold on. No, there's there's if you count the epilogue as a chapter, there's well, and the prologue. If you count them both as a chapter, there's sixty chapters. So we are almost halfway through chapter wise. And text-wise, yeah, I guess we're not quite halfway through. Wow, really? Huh. Just in pure text, we're about halfway. There must be some extra stuff at the end of the Kindle edition that's throwing my my count off slightly. But yeah, we're 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 just about halfway through text-wise. So got some extra zebras in the back there. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, 
that's, that's where they throw them all. It's just uh, zebra, zebra, zebra at the end. But yes, so we are uh, we have passed now officially the halfway point chapter wise because we this is going to be episode eight of fifteen for this book. So smooth sailing from here, I'm sure. We do not have any new emails this week. We still have one email in the box that's like, read this at the end of Warbreaker. So uh, that'll be a little while still before we get to that. We do not have any new patrons. We do not have any new reviews. So, all right, simple, easy. Music by Miracle of Sound. If you'd like to email us, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Patreon, where as of recording this, I am... How many episodes? How many episodes have been posted? We're up to the one, two, three, four. The fifth episode of Yumi and the Nightmare Painter has gone up. And that's the fifth out of how many world will there be? 42 divided by three is I don't know why I suddenly can't do. Oh, it's it's uh, 14. That's sorry. My brain apparently did not want to math for a minute there. So, yeah, five out of 14 about a third of the way through my coverage of Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. Although by the time this episode comes out, at least two more should have gone up. So if you're interested in hearing my reactions to that, go ahead and look at that. There's going to be, I'll be putting up since I just today got my Yumi and the Nightmare Painter box. I'll put up the, uh, the, the unboxing videos <laughs> for the boxes that have new books are always pretty short because it's just like, here's a book, here's a bookmark, here's a pin and like one other, like a sticker or something. So that's the, that's that'll be a short one, but you'll see that up on the Patreon as well. So if that's the kind of stuff you want to see, feel free to join the Patreon or our Discord, where many strange and wonderful conversations are had. You can find the link to join our Discord at the top of our webpage, www.thesanderlanch.com. So remember, three chapters for next time, 30, 31, and 32. And wasn't to the time of next, Colo, P.S. Fasher. Hey!